Produced by women about women, Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Lauren Davis is Huntington Bank's regional president right here in West Michigan. She has passion for banking. She's had it since she was very young. She enjoys building strong teams. She's passionate about the community. Plus, she plays the alto sax. Welcome, Lauren, to this edition of Powerful Women Let's Talk. Where's the saxophone? Thanks, Shelly. Next interview, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't bring it. Um, I don't play as much as I used to, and uh, when I do, my beagle howls. So I don't know if that's because he appreciates the music or he thinks that uh, I need more practice. I'm not sure. Next time, the saxophone and the beagle yes. in the studio, and we may get to this. I think uh, playing a musical instrument has to do with being good in, in the number industry, I think I've heard. that. Yeah, you, you might yeah, be. and they do say intelligent people know how to read music so that could okay. be part of it too okay that's why you're here and we have much to learn about you congratulations obviously on the success what's it mean to be a regional manager of a of a, a bank yeah so uh, we have a lot of different lines of business to support our clients from the mortgage team to our wealth team to our commercial team and we're looking for ways to help improve people's lives in our communities and so for me i have loved banking since i was a young girl how it impacts communities and people's lives so that's to me this is an exciting time both in huntington's for Huntington and for myself in my career. Yes. All right, young girl, how were you interested in banking? Oh, Give me a story. You're going to love this, Shelley. Mm -hmm. So when I was about seven years old, my um, dad owned a small business. And uh, when my sisters and I played store, remember the business checks? They were like those long, it kind of ages yes. me, but they were those long business checks. And I would write out the business check for my groceries while they'd use play money. And so I learned early in my life that banking impacts so many people's lives, and I wanted to be a part of that. Mm. So did you claim that as your first major in college? What, uh, how did so, you get to where yeah, you got? Yeah. yeah, so from a family of six, um, seven children, so I'm one of um, seven, two older brothers and four sisters, and my parents couldn't really afford to put us all through college, and so I started out at um, Northwestern Michigan Community College in Traverse City. It's a community college where I could get the basics and maybe an associate's degree so I could begin to have some advanced learning and uh, hoping to continue my career. And with that, I was able to get additional scholarships and grants to pursue uh, my degree at Central Michigan. And at Central is where I met a professor who was, she was very focused on banking. And she saw my potential and she really encouraged my focus on banking and finance. So that's kind of how I pursued that. And then when we met with banks for interviews, she would help me with my resume or with interview questions so that I would be prepared. And she helped me with networking. And so I ended up in February before I graduated from college. I actually had my first job with Old Kent Bank. And a few weeks after graduation in May, I moved to Grand Rapids. Wow. And here you are, uh, even uh, bigger and better. Let's stay with the uh, the mentor that wrapped you uh, in her arms and said, I believe in you. How important is that? And how important should that be uh, today? Yeah, yeah. So I think about through my career, as I said, I started at Old Kent, and I have had a lot of mentors, uh, male and female, within the organization. And I, and I really focused on that early in my career. I found ways to always raise my hand for learning opportunities. And then those advocates for me 
or mentors for me would always find new opportunities. So that gave me the opportunity to work in different facets of the banking industry. So started out on the retail side of the bank, what most people know is when you go into a branch, Mm -hmm. I was a branch manager, and then moved from there to operations and compliance and audit and finance, and then had the opportunity most recently to go back to the commercial side of the bank because I really wanted, after nine or so years of helping people who help the client, I wanted to go back to a customer-facing role where I could work with the client directly. And I loved being a relationship manager, you know, helping businesses, business owners try to figure out um, how to mitigate the risk, how to use technology for their cash flow, and, you know, how to, how to improve people's lives at their businesses. It was so different than the consumer side of the bank where I first started. Yes. So using those opportunities, mm-hmm. that gave me the ability to find people in the community who could mentor me. So I went from finding my mentors and my advocates within the organization to finding those in the community as well, because they just gave you a different perspective. They may not know banking, but they know business and they know life. And then they got to know me and could give me really good advice about things that I needed to focus mm-hmm. on or develop. But obviously you said yes to taking risks and to uh, having someone believe in you. You could have said no, thank you. True, true. But um, anybody who knows me knows I love taking risks. Um, I see risk-taking as an opportunity. When there's change or turmoil in an industry or at your company, if there's challenging issues to discuss, there's always an opportunity for us to grow and develop and so I see those a risk as taking an opportunity instead of a risk. So more as a positive instead of a negative. Cool. What's it mean to build a strong team? Yeah, so to me, building a strong team is identifying people with different backgrounds, different ideas. At the same time, I want, when I'm building a team, individuals who think about others when they're making decisions, when they're winning, when they are challenged with issues, very collaborative, and people that are looking to the future of talent. Because, you know, what we're doing today, yes, it matters, but our future matters too. And we need to find ways to develop the talent of the future. And that goes back to my mentor, you know, people that mentored me, I want to pass that along to other, either young women or young men who who want to work in our industry but they're watching you right now. Men in the industry, um, I think we can hopefully soon stop bringing this up, but did you begin to work in the industry where it was traditionally male-dominated, and how did you maneuver? Yeah, great question. You know, I don't really think about it like that, but um, I can see from the outside world where it may seem like that. And the retail and the operations side of the bank, there were a lot of men and women who I worked with. Um, on the commercial side, it tends to be more men who prefer to manage a PL or manage portfolio relationships. But I'm constantly encouraging women to consider the commercial side of, the, of banking. I will tell you, instead of focusing on the fact that I was different than those who were male maybe in commercial banking, I just focused on my strengths. And with that, I think, came confidence. Were there opportunities that I maybe worked harder for than my colleagues? Maybe, but it made me stronger. You know, I learned more about myself. I pushed myself further because I wanted to prove that I was supposed to be at the table. Mm -hmm. And um, when I think back to, you know, over my career, one of my greatest strengths is my husband. You know, he's my 
biggest advocate, yet my harshest critic. He helps me understand a lot of times how men think. That helps me make my decisions and look at things differently. And at the same time, he's really great at kind of encouraging me to really push my confidence forward. And when I do that, I feel like I'm unstoppable. Does he cook too? He does, Shelly, he does. (laughs) I don't know how to cook. How about the boys in your life? Your two boys, are they supporting you? Are you teaching them these, uh, these ways? Yeah, so my sons, Jacob and Colin, both college age, Uh, when, you know, I've had challenges over the years in my career, they were there supportive. How can they help mom um, get through this? You know, happy mom, um, happy life (laughs) is how they look at it. But then when I found out that I was going to move into this role, they were super excited. They couldn't wait to tell their friends. They couldn't wait to be at work events where they could help, you know, share what our family is about and how we want to support the community collectively. And yeah, they are very supportive of powerful young women. Why is your community important to you? You serve on several boards. Yeah, great question. You know, I have a lot of people ask me, you know, how do you decide what boards to serve on? And for me, I've always focused on, we'll go back to, I had shared with you, I'm from a small town in northern Michigan, and it was rural community, and maybe everyone wasn't granted the same opportunities as everybody else. And so I, when I came to Grand Rapids, realized I wanted to focus on organizations that were really focused on women and children. So I started the YW is one, YWCA Mm -hmm. is one of the boards that I'm on, Michigan Women Forward with Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. and also I'm on the ACG West Michigan. Um, That's a networking organization, but I really started because they had a, a women in finance mentorship program that they wanted me to help start. And I found that there was a lot of ways that I could use my career, my experience, and my connectivity to help young women who were moving to Grand Rapids, starting a career, and didn't know where to begin with the networking process. So, you know, empowering women, helping women see that that this, what I'm doing today, mm-hmm. is possible. Yeah. What is your advice for young women to begin the networking process? Yeah, I would say first, um, you know, reach out to people in your own network, but at the same time, don't be afraid to reach out to someone who maybe is in your local government or someone local in banking, someone local at your church that you can reach out and say, you know, you're a great speaker and what can I learn from you? Or you do a great job, you know, advocating for something. I want to learn that talent. So when I found people that I wanted to connect and network with, I identified those that it was a skill that I didn't feel like I Mm -hmm. had, but I had observed it in another. And then I would reach out to them and kind of ask them, can you teach me? Can you show me how to do that? Can you help me build that skill? And I've not once had anyone in Grand Rapids who said, nope, sorry, I won't do that. I mean, it's a great community. Well, back to taking risks. That's probably the toughest part is is um, the, the fear that right. uh, there will be a no and, and most likely no is the not the answer. If you weren't into banking, what would you be doing? Oh, I love this. So I told you early in my college career, I had wanted to be a Fed chair. So that was kind of my dream job is to be a Fed chair, Minneapolis, Detroit, Dallas, something like that, and really impact uh, monetary policy. Now today, not sure I want to be part of that, but I'm still fascinated about how it really impacts the economy and how globally, not just domestically. So I've always found interest Mm -hmm. in that. Who knows? Maybe that will be on my Mm -hmm. docket in the future. But if I were to be anywhere, it would be northern Michigan on a boat 
enjoying nature. You could do that this weekend, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you have six siblings. Yes. Positives, negatives. Yeah. So um, it's interesting because coming from a big family, I remember young, um, you know, kindergarten, first grade, they were like, okay, we got to teach you how to share and we need to teach you how to stand in line. And I'm like, that's so yesterday. You kind of have to learn those things in a big family. Um, you also have to make sure your voice is heard. You know, we'd all come home from school and you wanted to tell mom about your day, but you had to talk over your siblings. But then you also learn that not everybody approaches things the way you do mm. and people view things differently or some siblings are more emotional than other siblings and so you really almost learn how to work as a team because you know our family is first and we're going to take care of our family and so if you know somebody was bullying a sibling I'm going to stand up for the sibling so even if I just got in a fight with them in the morning and about it still happens today so, I hope yeah we kind of argue every yeah. once in a while too but we have good relationships what about swimming in the middle of Lake Michigan, speaking of boating? Oh, yes. So, again, big uh, boating family. Um, at one point, we had our boat in um, Grand Haven and decided to take a trip across to Milwaukee for Summerfest mm -hmm. um, with some other friends. And we all thought, how cool would it be to stop in the middle of Lake Michigan where the two states met borders met and jump into Lake Michigan. You can't anchor in the middle of Lake Michigan. So you kind of let your boat free and everybody jumped in. And it was like, for me, it was kind of like a, how many people get to do this kind of thing. So that was a lot of fun and a good experience for me. You couldn't see land, could you? Not, no, yeah. not in the middle. No, you can't wow. see either side. So you couldn't see East Jordan, Michigan. No, what's, you sure what's couldn't What's your tie see. with this and why should we care about this yeah, statement? So East Jordan, um, my hometown, most people know it as East Jordan Ironworks. So when I say where I'm from, if you've seen a manhole cover anywhere in the United States and internationally, it's probably East Jordan Ironworks. Um, they now go, now go by EJ Group um, is the name of the company, but a lot of um, the community is employed there. And so that's kind of my claim to fame for cool. my small town. So nice. Uh, what's your leadership style? Oh, great, great. Um, my leadership style, I tend to want to challenge people to move out of their comfort zone. Um, I feel like we do our best work when we're challenged and we're kind of out of our comfort zone. And then we look back and we're like, that wasn't so hard. Kind of like me coming here today. <laughs> um, and then other style, other parts about my leadership style, I think that are important for people who work for me to realize is that when there's a problem or a mistake, I don't want to focus on what went wrong. I want to focus on how we can move forward and fix it. I think that's really important for people to feel comfortable that they can grow and develop with you is it's okay to make mistakes. You, gotta, you, you have to take risks mm -hmm. in order to grow. And then if you take that risk and you make a mistake and you learn from it, that's, that's impossible growth. So I really think that those are two characteristics of my leadership style. The other is I love to have fun, Shelly. Well, you mm -hmm. probably know this about mm -hmm. me. I just, I just love being around people. I love learning about people's backgrounds. But I want people to remember, like when they're around me, that they had fun and they were laughing and it was a good experience. Yet you're also a regional manager of Right, <laughs> right. For, for sure. Um, and, and I guess on, on that note, is there a, a motto that drives you, that, that picks you up if you ever need that, or that uh, drives you to work even harder? Yeah, one that I really live by, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, was, is, um, you know, people will remember, won't remember what you said to them. People won't remember necessarily what, what you talked about, 
but they're going to remember the interaction that they had with you and how you made them feel. So it's um, by a famous author and she, you know, she she had her own struggles and she focused on, you know, the interactions that people have with you every single day matter. Wonderful. So uh, is it okay to keep feeding my piggy bank? Yes, that, it is. Yes, it get is. Get me where I want to go? And Yes. Know. You know, we're, we're definitely going through some challenging times, a lot of unknowns, but yeah, saving those pennies is still going to be super important in your future. So Great. thanks for your leadership, for what you do for Huntington, and certainly for what you do with, the, with our Powerful Women Let's Talk series. Thank you, Lauren Davis. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Shelly. It's been fun. Produced by women, about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more powerful women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.